back to Gin Welcome Topic. Back to Welcome Gin back to Gin and Topic. If you've forgotten, I'm Sarah. And I'm Anya. And we drink gin. And we don't know anything. <laughs> but it's okay, because we've got a load more experts. We've got some really cool topics, and we're going to find out about them. Yeah, while drinking gin. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Here we are. Who are we talking to today? (laughs) We are talking to Dr. James Jackson. That could be a Marvel character. Dr. James Jackson. Yeah, because they all have, you know how it's like Peter Parker, Stephen Strange. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe he's got a superpower. We'll see. (laughs) So he is the Associate Principal Lecturer in the School of Social and Health Sciences at Leeds Trinity University. So he lectures on... The bio, biopsychology of stress. <laughs> I know you love that word. Love that word. But specifically. Can we just specify that the reason I am laughing is because yesterday I I lied down on the floor. I lay down on the floor and cried because I was stressed. I'm very, very and emotional. Unfortunately, or fortunately, he's not going to be able to help Thank us with that. God, because I don't want to cry again. And instead of crying on the floor, stress, <laughs> um, he researches tinnitus. Which you have. Which I have. So he is going to talk to us about tinnitus. And the question for this week is tinnitus more than just a noise. That was so American, the way you said that. Tone it the fuck down, Sarah. Okay. What do we know about tinnitus? I know that occasionally you get a sort of ringy, buzzy, kind of annoying noise that doesn't go away for a while noise in your ear. Yeah. That's what I know. And it happens occasionally to me, but not really often and not properly, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So I have tinnitus constantly. Yeah. Um, so a constant ringing Mm -hmm. of some description, but it changes. And the weirdest thing that I know from experience with tinnitus is that I had to go through loads of different pillows, finding (laughs) the right pillows that I could actually lie on because because quite a lot of pillows, when I went to lie on them, made the noise in my ear so much more that I couldn't Uh, go to sleep. That's weird. I know, but I don't know why. I have no idea... Actually, what tinnitus is, what causes it, and no, no clue. Actually, anything no clue. about it. I remember being told when I was younger it's because my music was too loud. Wow. But I'm not sure whether that's... Is that a thing? Maybe. I don't know. Well, I'm, I was always told that the reason why I've got tinnitus is because I used to have my Sony Walkman <laughs> with my little free with Sony headphones, right? which yeah. I never bought any others, and so, like, the... The foam around the headphones had worn down so much that I had the metal against my ears. Yeah, that's so apparently good. that's like yeah. what caused the tinnitus. Uh, but um, who knows? Well, but more we importantly than Sarah's out. weird tinnitus, what are we drinking? Obviously it's gin, but what gin? I'm excited about this gin. Go on. So I was talking with Dr. Jackson via email about what gin we were going to drink. Yeah. And he's from Leeds. So we started looking at gins in Leeds Mm -hmm. and we couldn't resist because there is a gin called Jackson. It's spelt with a Q, but it is a Jackson from up near Leeds and it's round his way. Round his way. (laughs) Round 
his way. And apparently, well, it says it involves the rhubarb triangle. Which the is, fuck is the rhubarb triangle up there? I have no idea. So we're going to ask him. Okay. And we have made a bold step today. Mm. Regular listeners to this broadcast. That was a Harry <laughs> Potter reference. <laughs> we'll know that we tend to go with Fever Tree Refreshingly Light Tonic just every time. We do. Well, we're about to blow your fucking minds. Oh my God. We're drinking elderflower. <laughs> Fever Tree Refreshingly Light Tonic. <laughs> So, and we've put nothing in it. And nothing in it, just Because hands. we thought we'd just go with the Jackson and the yeah. Old Flower Tonic. So, cheers. Mm. I mean, I can taste elderflower. <laughs> it's a lovely sweetness. It's, yeah, it's nice. It is nice. It's very refreshing. It's kind of hard to taste the gin once you put a flavoured tonic in, which is why we typically don't do it. I know. But I was in the mood for some elderflower. And the good thing is, is we know that Jackson pairs well with the elderflower yeah. because there isn't clashing. There's no clash. It's you haven't lovely. got this, oh, actually, everything no. doesn't work. No. It works well. It tastes nice. It's nice and clean. It hasn't got a cloy. No, no cloy. Very tasty. It is really yeah. lovely. Yeah. And I normally avoid any flavoured tonics because I think mm-hmm. I prefer the gin. Um, yeah. But actually... It's tasty. I Yeah, yeah. it's nice. I'm enjoying this. I think mm-hmm. I might enjoy it a bit too much. I'd like to have a little elder flower in my tonic because mm, yeah, I quite like yeah. having little flowers floating in my drinks, but yeah. it's a long time of year. You're a bit bougie like that. Mm-hmm. Cheers. But cheers. Cheers. Cheers, then. To your namesake, Gin, slightly, with I know, a little it's letter to be, change. Jackie Anson, but... You know, they get more points in Scrabble, but it's just the same. <laughs> so what is this rhubarb triangle mm. business? Never heard of it. You said it's famous up that it way, is. but it's not famous down here. Internationally famous. There is <laughs> somewhere vaguely near Wakefield. Wakefield and a couple of other towns, there's this triangle, and apparently something like 95% of the country's rhubarb is grown, wow. grown in the dark in warehouses. You know, and oh. they just, it's all moist and dark, so they grow rapidly. Yeah, and that's yeah, where all yeah. our rhubarb comes from. So it is sort of like a semi local thing. And do you like the gin? Mm. I do actually, because it was there just at the start. It, it, it said licorice. I can't, I can't detect mm. any licorice in it. But Thank it God, because I hate very, licorice. But I almost had second thoughts because, you know, how no one mm. likes licorice. So I thought yeah. that's going to ruin it. But as soon as I pulled out the stopper, if you're not seeing the bottle, it's a shame, but the stopper had lovely poof noise. Oh, it did. Gorgeous. Yeah. And um, it, it smelled of rhubarb and not licorice, so I thought, we've saved this. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Excellent. Well, it is very, it's very tasty, yeah. and it is going down very well. And so we're going to talk tinnitus. Yes, we are. We are. Which is really exciting because we've been talking about what we know about Mm -hmm. tinnitus. And you have more knowledge than I do. Only experience of tinnitus, not anything about it. Yeah. And neither of us know anything about why it happens, really. Apart from Anya thinks it's Siri telling her off. I don't think it's Siri telling me off. (laughs) Right, let me explain. There's a whole thing now where Apple tells you when you have to turn down your music because it could be damaging your hearing. And it happens every time I'm in the car because it thinks I'm listening on headphones. (laughs) So I'm convinced that Siri thinks my ears are going to start bleeding soon. (laughs) I do know the very first participant I ever had when I was doing my PhD on tinnitus was a music lecturer 
and she spent 20 <gasps> years in the orchestra playing the violin. She had terrible tinnitus down one side, but not on the other. Oh. So you often see it with industrial noise as well. People working in factories oh, or yeah. the military, you know, standing next to a tank, you know, that set it off. Yeah. Or lots of, lots of musicians. I mean, even though I, I lecture in psychology and about 90% of our students are female, they all seem to have a boyfriend in a band who's got tinnitus. <laughs> Oh, no. It's just one of those things, you know. So sometimes it's generally the idea that it is usually a symptom of something else. But it tends Mm. to be the thing that people dislike. Mm. So I know, I mean, I have trouble with my hearing. I I wear hearing aids. I've I've lost about 80 odd decibels of my hearing. If I take my hearing aids out, I can't really hear myself. I can feel my voice in my jaw, but, you know... Everything's so much better now than it was, but I've always struggled with my hearing, always. I can always remember having tinnitus my whole life. I can remember mm. turning to my mum, was not very tall, but she was massive at the time, so I must have been really young. And I said to her, doesn't silence sound funny? And she looked at me like I was mad. You know, what, what the hell are you talking about? You know, I went through my life hearing these noises and not thinking anything of it because I thought everybody else yeah. did. And then when yeah. I had a sudden catastrophic bilateral hearing loss in my mm. second week at university, when I went up to Edinburgh, and in my second week at university, I suddenly couldn't hear my parents on the phone. That's how much it dipped. And all the nerve cells wow. died. I had CAT scans, oxygen treatment, steroid, all of this. And a well-meaning doctor said to me, do you have tinnitus? And I thought, I've no idea what that is. So yeah. she told me what it was, and it was like, oh, God, I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> I woke up the next morning and the noise I've had in my head my entire life, I suddenly knew ought not to be there. Wow. From that day onwards, I suffered with it. Yeah. It didn't yeah. change. My perception yeah. of it changed. And it took me about 10 years to get over it, to be honest with you. So you were born with it, always there? I had either, well, both. I mean, I mean, my immune system, I had to be downwind of somebody when I was young and I caught chicken pox, measles, German measles, mumps, had them all quite young. Yeah. One of them caused my hearing loss in my left ear. So at school, I sat at the front on the left and I heard out of that side and I sort of covered for it. And then when I got to 18, it, it, it just fell. Just mm-hmm. the disease, the hair cells, the nerve ending died. And at that point, I found out, I, you know, I wanted to have the noisy. It's worth pointing out, tinnitus is damage in the ear. And the mm. ear damage, you know, you've got hair cells in the ear, and some of them are just flopping about. And the signal they sent accidentally. They go up to the brain, and the brain believes that the ear has actually heard something. So you perceive mm. it. It's very different from, say, Mental health issues, when people hear voices, for example, that's the brain randomly activating by itself. But with tinnitus, oh. it's the ear telling the brain, and the brain believes the ear. So you know, oh. you're hearing things that don't actually really exist. Now, I don't know what noises your tinnitus is like, but to describe it, I've got um, an out-of-tune test card. <laughs> Some World War Two bombers going overhead in like a type noise. Yeah. Um, an oboe, a squeaky sound that comes and goes when I'm stressed, and my favourite. Have you ever seen any one of those Hammer House of Horror B-movies? 
You know, oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. it'll have a church bell on a hill in fog, like a bong noise. Wow. That might, from talking with others, my tinnitus just noises are quite unusually low frequency. Oh. But for most people, they're a lot more, yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So what are yours like? See, well, I find that really interesting because you can obviously really define all of those noises. And I don't, I don't know whether I might have been able to, but so my most of my noise is a high-pitched whine. Mm-hmm. Um, that but could also, just be me talking to you, though. Well, that's very true, yeah. <laughs> quite often. Um, <laughs> but the weirdest thing is that since lockdown, I use bone-conducting headphones um and i use them for running because you can hear sorry for running when did you last go running say what you really do with them sarah nordic walking nordic walking looking like i've lost my skis yeah be proud of it yeah i love my nordic walking. power walking (laughs) well with poles with poles it's a really interesting look (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So I use them so I can hear the outside world and because I didn't I've never liked anything over my ears since I got rid of the Sony Walkman. Um but since then because I'm using them for online teaching all of the time, I think my tinnitus has got better, which is it has greatly reduced. I don't notice it quite as much as I used to, which is bizarre. <laughs> It's interesting. I'm I'm very pleased for you. Let's put it that way. Is it this psychological side of of tinnitus as well that, as you said, can be much worse because you focus on it? Yeah, I mean, there there are a couple of theories. Basically, a lot of people coming into the field of tinnitus now are psychologists. They're like recording all over tinnitus. But if you give my example at the start of me having tinnitus and not minding it, then being told in its invader and it was, it shows how subjective it is so to my mind it's not the noise it's how distressed you are by it there are a lot of models of tinnitus where you see signals coming into the auditory cortex it talks to the emotional areas they go don't like it and it sends signals back and you get caught in these kind of positive feedback loops when you're worrying about it so you pay attention to it so you get louder so you worry about it (laughs) And it just goes round and round like that. Yeah. But some of the psychological models have, on top of all that, there's you as an individual, there's your mood, there's your personality, and they factor in as well because there is no cure for tinnitus. There isn't. Mm-hmm. But there are a number of things that each work for a small number of people. Mm. Probably because there are so many causes of tinnitus yeah. It's hard to know exactly what's going wrong. But cognitive behavioural therapy is the thing that's most likely to work. But it does take mm. a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort. And some people just don't go for that sort of therapy. It's not for everyone. And it, it's often you find when you have this, when people get tinnitus for the first time, it's often in bed when it's quiet. And you hear a noise and you think, what's that? Some go, oh, and turn over thinking that's not happened before. And they just turn over and they go to sleep. And other people might sit bolt at right in bed and literally go, oh, my God, I've got a brain tumour. And that spirals people off. So one person will think it's OK and one person will get worried about it because they don't know what it is. So it seems to get louder. And then that's when people kind of branch off. And further down the line, some people find it easier to habituate than others. So 
about 98% of people will habituate to their tinnitus. So it sounds like that you have, but that means 2% mm. of people never will. And it's easier mm. to habituate when you're younger because your brain's more plastic yeah. and you, you adapt better. So, but there's a huge individual component to it. So I find that really interesting because what you've said is that there's the tinnitus is a byproduct often of other things, of something that's gone wrong and usually a byproduct of it. And it can't be cured. So the cure is the how you deal with it rather. So why can't it be cured? It's funny thing that he's actually did a paper out there that, that, that was published open source. It got 100,000 views by the British Tinnitus Association. A few of the people that I know, but not me, but a few people that I know, tinnitus, why is there no cure? Mm. So you've got all the different causes. There are a couple of interesting things out there that might work on particular types of tinnitus. And there are a few gadgets and treatments and there are a few medical ideas. It's hard mm. to say. Certainly, with a psychologist, I would always focus on helping people to cope with it more because the byline of the British Tinnitus Association is a world where no one suffers from tinnitus. Mm -hmm. So that's different from curing it. And it may be years down the line, it may be possible, and it would be wonderful if it could. And some people, if someone can cure tinnitus, they will make billions. Because the, the amount of people that have tinnitus, it must be quite high. It's one in eight people have tinnitus, one believe it or not. Yes. But if wow. people who are retired, it's about 15% of the population. In the, mm. in the working population, it's about 8%. But it mm. kind of depends on how you define it. How long have you had, right. had it? Something else. But... Lots of people have it. And I've been I've been at events and someone goes, oh, I've got tinnitus. And his wife goes, have you? You know, they're, they're, they're 30 years, you've not mentioned it. But it's much more prevalent than you might think. Yeah. And yeah. it's grossly underfunded. Mm. And another interesting thing is it's almost impossible to measure it. But they found there were thing before when I could play a noise and I can go like, is it louder than this, is it quieter than that? And, <laughs> and you find an internally generated noise does not behave like an external one. It just yeah, doesn't. Yeah, you yeah. can argue, I don't know whether, because if you, you haven't got tinnitus, then imagine if next door's TV's up too loud mm. and you've just got to sit there and cope with it. I mean, you have options. I mean, you could turn your TV up. You could, in, in other times, you could go down the pub. You can go next door. <laughs> crash through the door and put your boot through the screen there are many things that you can do but if you're annoyed with your tinnitus and you leave the room it goes with you yeah you can't actually get away from it for some people it's just so destroying so again you've got sort of two percent of people that it just they can't cure it that's quite important as well because i'm sort like brain i can't pull out the person but there was a person recently wasn't there a music musician who took his own life because and the thought was it was connected with tinnitus mm. and his inability to and I can't remember his name for the life of me so well I know there were a lot of DJs etc I noticed last year yeah. um well I am said he has tinnitus but I imagine there were huge numbers of musicians who do it's an occupational hazard yeah yeah because you were saying there's millions of causes that was it. and who was it go on this is why I know it, because it was in Spiral Carpets. Um, and it was the drummer of In Spiral Carpets, okay, well, Craig no Gill. 
Um, and he committed suicide due to long-suffering anxiety and sleep deprivation caused by acute tinnitus. Um, and again, that sort of feeds into the the it isn't necessarily the tinnitus, but mm. how it co- how you deal with it and how it can be completely overwhelming for some Yeah, people. I mean, that, that's the thing, especially if you don't really know where it comes from. There's also there the problem with um, what happened that if you actually, and you have tinnitus, and usually you go to the GP, I've done some research, DP, because GPs are the eye of it, they know a little of everything. Mm. Tinnitus is mm. one of those ones where it tends to be a bit lower down the scale of things. You're thinking, if you've got tinnitus, you've probably got hearing loss. Let's get you down the hospital for a hearing test. And mm. you find if you do have hearing loss and you have tinnitus and they give you hearing aids, you can hear other things in mm. distract you from your tinnitus. So that's what mm. everybody's thinking about. But what if you're one of the 20% of people with tinnitus who doesn't have a hearing loss? Mm. Who can't really do very much for you. So you yeah. go to see your GP, and if the GP knows about it, and in fact, I, I, I was interviewing some people, and one said his GP was wonderful because his GP had tinnitus. Mm. <laughs> and knew someone near, a hearing therapist nearby they could refer them to. And they got yeah. somebody who was understanding, but open to support them in that way, and that kind of helps. But if you think about support, you might think, oh, I've got some support, or I've got no support. The worst thing is being unsupported, which yeah. is something else. It's like when you go for some of the help and they turn around and go, oh, well, there's no cure for that. You're just yeah. going to have to live with it. And people yeah. stagger out. You know, my God, how am I going to do it? And so there's millions of causes of tinnitus, but what are some of the causes? Because Ooh. I have no idea, apart from Siri telling me off my music being too loud. <laughs> Well, you've got things like industrial noise, for starters, mm-hmm. as we've covered. You can have, you know, um, Meniere's disease, anything to do with dizziness yeah. and balance, Lyme's disease, right. ticks. There's probably about many hundreds of different types of medication that can cause it, certain types yeah. of antibiotics, stress. There's a lot of of different things yeah. that it's not just parasites or viruses or anything else like that, mm-hmm. or just wear and tear and old age Mm. so can we just backtrack into what it actually is because i remember you were saying about the ear telling the brain that they've it's heard a noise how does that happen i don't understand oh you want the science i do want just a little bit when sound waves you know sound waves come at your ear Mm -hmm. and if you know you've got this little shell shape in the ear called the cochlea with fluid in yeah. And they've got about 32,000 cells, hair cells inside that wobble. Yeah. Wow. So when sound strikes, anything reverberates, the hair cells move. Now, the higher the frequency, the faster it goes, the right. further round it goes. So different hair cells wobble. So dependent on the frequency of the sound hitting your ear, different hair cells will shake. Mm-hmm. Without getting too complicated, when that hair, when a particular hair cell shakes, if a new one fires, sending a signal to the to the auditory cortex saying, "I am the hair cell that does sound at six thousand hertz." Brilliant. There is a noise. Yes. So your brain perceives a six thousand hertz noise. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it normally works. Imagine if that hair cell is damaged. 
and he's kind of like stuck off to one side. Oh, poor little hair cell. It's always firing. Yeah. So then you get random spontaneous signals going up to the brain. And it's almost as if that sound is there all the time. There's a simple way of looking at it. There are other other things that can happen, but ultimately damage results in a signal coming through and the brain just goes, fair enough, there's a sound there. You know, the ears never let me down. This is what it is. And then you you perceive that sound, even though in reality it's just air molecules bouncing around. And so that's when you can have all the variety of sounds of of tinnitus as well. So some damage. people have, for example, depending on damage to they might have what are called um, dead zones, when there's a whole set of hair cells that have just died, so you just cannot hear anything at that point. Which, of course, happens with age. Yeah, I was going to say, because you get shops that because... put those things outside that make a high-pitched frequency to scare away the youths. But us old people are absolutely safe because we can't hear it. <laughs> so we can go shopping. Okay, stop rubbing it in. You think that high pitch sound to keep you away from the off license, you know? Yeah, yeah. When all the newer ones come in a bundle to the auditory nerve, the high frequency ones are the ones on the outside. So they're the ones most likely to be damaged, and they're the ones you're more likely to lose first. It's a bit like, you know, the best example an audiologist told me imagine if if, if you keep going through a door and you slowly Mm. wear out the carpet, Mm -hmm. it's that that sort of Mm. thing. Mm, you know, yeah. so the ones mm. that do generally it's the high frequency sound that you lose first, and that's mm-hmm. that basic reason why tinnitus tends to be higher in pitch. Oh, that's really cool. I quite like knowing that there's loads of little hairs just sort of doing their thing in my ear. Being oh, like, but then you've got the broken ones. Well, I don't have the broken Poor ones. Things. Well, I do, but not as broken. I as have now some got of mine. I uh, have developed their own little cartoon form, and I'm probably going to name them. Sarah does do this. She names <laughs> things, and they get faces. Sometimes songs. Sometimes they get theme songs. <laughs> they will. And it would be quite nice because I'll lie there, and if when I start to hear the tinnitus, be like, oh, that's Jeremy. <laughs> And Jemima singing away. Jerry and Jemima. <laughs> it might be a nice way of doing it as well if it comes more, you know, personal. In some way. Without it yeah. being bad, it's a, it becomes like a bit of fun. Because say, for example, some people say that caffeine makes tinnitus worse. Some people actually say caffeine withdrawal makes tinnitus worse. So there's all kind of things to do with it. But the thing is, while I'm prepared to accept that caffeine might make my tinnitus worse, I really, really like coffee. (laughs) (laughs) The joy I get from drinking coffee is far and above the benefit I would get from avoiding it. So again, because that thing I was hinting at before about you not having control over your tinnitus, Mm-hmm. Some people, by avoiding stuff, it's effectively their tinnitus is now stopping them. And like I say, most people habituate, but some people never do. And people oh, get trapped in these horrible ruts. So some of the stuff I've suggested is like, there are ways you can just improve your sense of control over other aspects of your life. Some of it might sound a bit, a bit trite, but at the same time, your sense of control, the theory that is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. And it kind of leaches into other areas of your life as well. 
I do that now when I feel a bit like, oh, everyone hates me or, oh, I look crap today. I sit there and I go, you know what? I can think whatever I want. So I'm going to think about the plot of Mamma Mia. And it works because I take over my brain and I just go, right, we're going to think about the fact it starts with her sending the letters to her dad. And I just take over. <laughs> it starts leading into things like that. Start leading the concepts of CBT and mindfulness. And some okay. people are more naturally predisposed to them. So one of the things about... um and mindfulness and well, CBT is that not falling into um, overly negative thoughts mm. with tinnitus or with other things. It's about trying to stop people from thinking these negative thoughts and mm. just reframing it. Some people mm. do it naturally. Some people can do it with effort. Some people never really get the knack. And going back to the tinnitus and the stress, stress responses of, of for tinnitus, is because it is subjective and I know, you know, my tinnitus is not so bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know your tinnitus, but as you said, you've had it since very young and you've, you've, you've been through that period of, of um, having to come to terms with having it once you found out it had a name. (laughs) It took me a decade to come to terms with it. Yeah, and there must be lots of people that are going through that decade at the moment that must be really hard to even think about. Yeah. Yeah. A, having it, B, having it forever, and C, being able to try and get some control over not mm-hmm. being depressed about it. Must be really hard. Yeah, you know, CBT mindfulness, it's hard. You're talking about oh. finding a therapist, paying them a certain amount of money, going for a couple of hours a week for 10 weeks, a lot of effort, homework, other such things. People think, God, I'm so, I'm so stressed out with my tennis. I can't, I can't barely even think. I can't possibly go anywhere. I can't possibly do this. And that's when they're that sense where this is when having improving some sense of control comes into this. Because if you think you can do little tasks such as, I will decide on, th- on next Thursday, I will eat no biscuits. You can arguably, on Wednesday, remove all the biscuits from your house so that on Thursday you succeed because of mm-hmm. what you've done. See, that's that's a good way of doing it. Whereas I was thinking the first thing I'd think about on Thursday is don't eat a biscuit, don't eat a biscuit, don't. I'd go through the whole day thinking about I'd have eaten a biscuit by like five past seven in the morning, even though I wouldn't normally I just, eat a biscuit. I just five past don't seven. limit my biscuit <laughs> consumption. <laughs> we only have a finite amount of willpower. Yeah. And if you're under mm-hmm. pressure, it doesn't work. So you find there were studies that show, say, if you work in a job and you always have to be nice to people. And you oh, have to be nice and smiley job. to people who might not deserve it. And you spend all day being nice and you come home and someone goes, like a biscuit, yes. Because you exhausted <laughs> everything trying to be the person you're not early on in that day. So people can be more vulnerable at different times as well. Mm-hmm. But generally mm-hmm. you have that sense where... If someone feels, actually, I have the power to change some things in my life, mm. I could go and see that therapist. I might imagine myself being able to. You may or may not have confidence in it working or anything like that, but some people think, oh, I could never do that. There's actually lots of stuff that shows that there's very poor take-up of therapy for people with tinnitus. I mean, I've seen studies report 25% of people just never bother turning up. Mm. And if it's that bad, in fact, you've got that ironic thing when it's so bad, you don't quite have the capacity to go. But it's like when you're yeah. that down and when you're that low. And that's a horrible place to be. 
So is there then also something about framing that yeah. tinnitus to be able to go, okay, I've got it. I, it cannot be fixed as much as I'd want somebody to wave a magic wand and fix it. And therefore, the only thing I can do is deal with how I approach it and therefore either do it myself or get help or use apps or use something. Yeah, and you know where to go. Because say, for example, you might find the GP just doesn't know what to do with you. So no fault of their own. But if you can ask a GP to refer to you to a hearing therapist... That's a very different thing. Is that a hearing therapist? That is a thing. There's such a yeah, thing. hearing therapist. You can do, you can do a course in that. It's Aston University. People, people can become a hearing therapist. And I've had people who've had not a very successful time in the system. And then when they've got to a hearing therapist, and my mum said, I talked to this lady for an hour, and it kept me strong for three years. And then I had wow. to have to go to see her again. Because they had someone who understood what it was and was sympathetic. Richard brought rather than just trying to give you a hearing aid, even if you don't want it. So sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's knowing an option. Part of it's education, because like I say, some people some people will not agree with me, but I feel my tinnitus is entirely dependent on how stressed I am. When I'm under stress, um. I'm looking for something unpleasant to focus on. So my tinnitus mm. is not getting worse. I'm under stress. If I'm stressed, what's stressing me? Can I change it? And they're that sense of exerting control. Another thing, some people don't see the connection that's there, but there's a very, very strong link between the two. So why it sounds like people don't know, it makes me think, oh, you've only got tinnitus because you don't know what's affecting you. But no human being knows (laughs) why we feel the way that we actually do. And sometimes that's why it's about education. It's about reframing. As a psychologist, it's about education. Mm. It's about reframing things. It's about, you know being compassionate, trying to avoid thinking about the future unnecessarily, setting yourself goals you can reach and achieve. I'm thinking, you know what, I think I could go on that course. I could see that therapist. Before, I would never imagine I'd be able to walk out of the house, but I feel confident that I could do this. Or maybe you've downloaded an app onto your phone that does the basics, which is no replacement for a therapist, but right I now know what CBT is. Mm-hmm. That might work. I'll give it a go. Mm-hmm. It's that sort of mindset that's really really helpful. And it's not it's not just about tinnitus, about more or less anything. But tinnitus oh, is one oh. example of something that you can't otherwise get at. And while I would hope someone would invent a pill or a machine that can take it away, until they do, it's about coping better and all that involves is entirely and totally and completely changing the way that you think, mm. which mm. is not easy at all. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really hard work. Mm. Must be. So if I was a listener listening to this and maybe had noticed it a little bit in themselves, but having listened to this, then goes to bed and is much oh, more fuck, aware of it. Yeah. <laughs> of shit. What do they do? First things first is that although it might not be something something to do when they go to bed, if you have tinnitus, it could suggest a hearing loss of some sort. So it might be worth going to your GP and requesting a hearing test. If it's bothering you occasionally, you're probably thinking in terms of strategies in order to try to cope with it and being recognised. When you're having a, a good day and a bad day, it's okay having a bad day because if you have a bad day for starters, it means you have good days as well for comparison. So that's okay. Mm-hmm. But if you're having a bad day, my suggestion, again, it is a psychologist, 
Is there something else happening today that's worrying you, that's making you focus on the unpleasant noise you don't like, and can you deal with that other thing? That's something to think about. You should also think if it's troubling you more consistently about maybe trying to get a referral to see a hearing therapist, it's probably Mm. best if you have something to do with CBT or mindfulness, then something tinnitus-specific is probably superior to the generic. And part of the problem I I have is that because, obviously, most of my participants are older, there's a generation of native people in the world think that psychology is a little bit of bollocks. So for that reason, <laughs> that's to be quite that's to convince me. I think, oh, CBT, oh, rubbish. But rubbish is he talking about? The gin's okay, but this is garbage. He'd probably try to have a taster. So there are smartphone apps you can have on your phone or a friend could download onto your phone that could just try basic CBT exercises. You know, they won't be as good as seeing a therapist. They're no replacement. But getting an idea about what it is, and then could um, I now go to my GP and request some mm-hmm. of that, please? And then thinking about dealing with it. And if you went to the British Tennis Association website, I don't know, I'm plugging them a bit, or they have helplines and people's tremendous experience, both giving them a ring or a call. There's about 128 self-help groups in the country. There's only there's mm-hmm. very few in Scotland for some reason. But sometimes it might be better to get involved in one of those for the simple reason you'd be surrounded by other people who have exactly what you have. No. And they will listen to you as you will listen to them, and that's extremely beneficial. Oh, it's quite a hopeful little note there to end is, on. I like that. There, I, what I like is there are, yeah. there are all sorts of different things for different people yeah. and for different experiences yeah. of tinnitus. Thank you very, very it's much. Oh, it's no problem. I've quite enjoyed it. I have to admit, I've quite enjoyed the gin. It's been a while since we it's talked lovely. about rhubarb, but I'm on my second glass. And it's quite pleasant. It's delicious. Nice. It's it's quite easy to drink as it's well. It's very easy <laughs> to it? drink. It's all gone. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed talking mm-hmm. to you. Um, really enjoyed talking about the... I feel like I've had a little mini therapy session, even yeah, though I don't yeah. have tinnitus. I feel like I've just been like burritoed for an hour and a half, but in words. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank, you, Thank so you so much, James. And we will speak to you soon. Goodbye then. Take good care. Bye. So, tinnitus, is yeah. it just sound? No, no. Not ju- well, well, the sound is sound. Well, no, it well, it's then. not, but it's, it's not sound. It's, it's like, neurons going, yeah. you had a sound brain, but the ears going, no, oh, I'm just broken. Yeah, yeah. But I learned a lot, a lot, a lot. How do we get tinnitus? Broken hairs in your thingamajig that send singles, singles, send signals to your brain. I only had one gin, fucking hell. And and it can be caused by loads of things. Loads of things. Different so possibility or pregnancy, pregnancy, uh, loud music, old age, age, you name it, stress, yeah, all sorts of possible mm. causes of tinnitus. Yeah, the actual tinnitus, broken hairs, poor little poor things, hairs. Um, not curable, but it's all about how you manage it, and there's tons of ways to manage it. And that everyone can have different types of tinnitus, so you can hear different things, so it can be really difficult to explain it. Yeah. And so it is very much about what you do with it, because we can't cure it. Nope. So how do we deal with it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do we learn? Well, CBT therapy. Yeah. 
Yeah, which or I'd, mindfulness too. Or, yeah, which I'd previously heard about with managing anxiety and depression and it working for some people and it really not working for other people. And actually, I thought that was really good learning that about trying everything and all at, at once. once. But I think with lots of the different things, as he was saying, the key thing is about the control. Yeah, isn't it? And yeah. taking control of your mm-hmm. tinnitus. Yeah, to then work out how you manage it yeah and whatever things that you would find useful to cope with that Mm -hmm. with whatever psychotherapies or support networks or whatever it is hearing therapists and hearing therapists yeah Yeah. so any of that kind of thing that would work for you but taking that control and doing something about it Mm -hmm. yeah there we go there you go and most of the UK's rhubarb is grown in one particular place. I know. Who knew? Nobody knew. What's well, well, part of the rhubarb growers? <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, listen to more. Listen. We've got tons. Got loads. And if you like them, really, really like them, you could always leave us a review because apparently they're quite helpful. You can also subscribe. You can. And then you don't even need to go and find us. We just appear. Every single week. Yeah. We are on Twitter at... Topic Gin. And on Instagram... Topic Gin. (laughs) Join us next week for another gin and another topic.